All right, everybody, this week's episode of The Beat is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know that Michigan and Michigan State football and basketball ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Uh, I have the Game Time app on my phone. I've used it. Uh, it's a sleek app. You can find your uh, ticket view with uh, panorama seating, uh, or at least the uh, the image of uh, of where you're going to sit when you buy a ticket. They have tickets for college football, college basketball, NFL, MLB, uh, anything you want. Uh, it's two taps, and you can get your ticket purchased. And also, uh, if you're a music or theater fan, there's tickets for those as well. So head to the App Store and Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Back to a special, I guess, episode. Not welcome back. Welcome They're all in. special. To a special episode of the Beat with yours truly, <laughs> Nick Baumgartner, along with Brendan Quinn here in Ann Arbor. They're all special, but this one is extra special. Can we say? Well, first of all, every, extra free. Every, every basketball episode, I think, is extra special. <laughs> it's more, uh, but this one is very free. Yeah. Um, and all uh, the way free. A little look back. Yeah. You know. It's decade week. Decade week. Here at the Athletic, and um, I think by now, when this airs, we will have seen all decade teams for football, basketball, everything. I think that's the idea. Sounds about right. Yeah. But we don't plan these things. We Austin just, and I are doing we just one get for pointed Michigan. in directions, yeah. and then just do it. So with this one, we're going to do it's a basketball centric, and it'll be the all decade team. We're going to go through um, Michigan basketball and Michigan State basketball all decade team. You hmm. you you have a story running on both. Yes. Early. I don't know what the date is that these are running this ahead of time, but these stories will be a companion piece to this, but we'd also figure we'd take some time here to go through them. Um, First off, yeah, the big question, what were you doing a decade ago, 2009? Uh, 2009, in the fall of 2009, I was covering Western Kentucky, Okay. living in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Okay. I'm not going to look, actually, what the season was. Um... Because I can't remember if that might have been uh, the 0-12 football team. Um, oh, baby. Now we're talking. I think Western Kentucky was, their football team was 0-12. Yes, they were 0-12. So right around this time, nine. yeah, I was doing a coaching search. Uh, my first one. Um, Willie Taggart got hired. A guy named David Elson was fired on November 9th, 2009. I was doing my first coaching search. I had no idea what I was doing uh, at all. <laughs> and then I covered uh, basketball for the rest of the year. Um, down there in Kentucky, making very, very little money. Very good. Living in the sun, I guess it would have been. Living in the sun? A little warmer down there. A lot warmer down there. Oh, yeah. Southern Kentucky. This is like near Nashville. Okay. We were like 50 minutes north of Nashville, so it was hot. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know what I was doing 10 years ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. I would have been freelance writing. Okay. For... A multitude of places. A multitude of places. I just I went to this month, a year uh, in two thousand nine, and I was submitting a feature on the new arena at St. Joe's to the oh, alumni God. magazine. 
Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> I was probably applying for every job in the world. That was oh, probably the every other, job. Yeah. I was probably. <laughs> I can let me. We probably applied up. for like sixty-five of the same jobs. Oh I, yeah, I had to guess. Oh yeah, I have a rejection here from the newspaper in El Paso. From <laughs> I, I remember once actually applying for the one in Brownsville, Texas, which is all the yes. way down. Yeah. I, I feel like that actually showed up all the time on that little job board. And somebody told me, because I didn't know where it was. I just saw Texas and I was like, whatever, I don't care. I just need a job. And somebody was like, you know that that Brownsville is like way, way down there. I'm like, oh, well, that would be interesting. And then they're like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. You're not getting this job. I'm just like, because I think you had to speak Spanish. And, and you don't. No, I do not. So <laughs> I remember doing that, yeah. Never El Paso, though. Yeah. So it's been a long decade. The point being. <laughs> for everyone. Many things yeah. have happened. More, Most importantly yeah. for Michigan, Michigan State hoops, mm-hmm. highly successful decades. Yes. And that's what we're kind of, of looking best. at here. I, I kind of felt like the Michigan team was basically a quasi-all-beeline mm-hmm. era team. Um, and then Michigan State, you know, I thought of it this way going through it. Like, you know how hard it was? To follow up the decade that they had before that, yeah, and get damn close to matching it. The only thing that didn't match it started that. They had more Final Fours, but you know, obviously that national championship, they still chasing that. But um, to go this the run that you know they've been under is obviously goes without saying. It's just I mean, it's it's funny to think about, but when Beeline started at Michigan and finally got himself like twenty eleven, let's say whatever Mm -hmm. it was, and really got himself going for the first time. Like, Izzo was already a first ballot Hall of Fame. Sure. <laughs> yeah, the big question was whether he was ever going to leave for the NBA. Yeah, right? like, a, I mean, at that point, yeah, I guess it maybe had already been kind of decided. Like, he'd already done the Cavs flirtation. Mm-hmm. That was the second one. He did the Hawks. Mm-hmm. And then the Cavs would have been right at the start of the decade, right? It would have been... <laughs> Did you see the uh, oh nine ten? There, the, there's the uh, the all access video that Armin Kintayan and our uh, video team did with Izzo, and at one I point, see, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. At I one point, Armin goes to him like, "You've had like three or four, you know, kind of flirtations with the NBA." Yeah. And the camera shows Izzo's face, and it was like, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe a few more than that there. Armin. <laughs> so, Public, how about that? Right, right. I think he's fielded yeah. more than a few calls. Yes, uh, uh, but yeah, that's funny to think about because I always remember thinking about that like. If Tom Izzo quit today, before Michigan had ever yeah. even started, he would have been a Hall of Famer, no doubt. No so doubt. a lot's been going on there, for sure. So, I was charged with putting together these two all-decade teams. One for Michigan, one for Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Nick and I are going to go through them. If he has any arguments or counterpoints, yeah. he will voice them. Um, Which one do you want to do first? We'll start with... Uh, we've both been on Michigan longer, so we'll start with Michigan. You know, I feel like Michigan was maybe a touch easier than Michigan State. I don't know. They were both kind of difficult. And it was more, I thought they were obvious when I started. Yeah. And then ended up talking myself in circles. Yeah. And made it probably harder than it needed to be. But, so we'll go through. So parameters, you got five starters, five bench, ten players. Correct. Five starters, five bench, and then a note on on who we missed. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's. You want to try to keep to a reasonable idea of what a basketball team looks like position-wise when doing this. So that's what yeah. I tried to do. Um, Something that could reasonably be put on the floor for that coach at that yeah, time, I think, is yeah. what I Yeah, I mean, I, I cheated when it came to Michigan <laughs> because I wanted to. Well, but. yeah, but also, like, you did and you didn't. Yeah. I'm seeing it here because, like, like I said, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I think it works as long as it's, like, could we have seen mm. Beeline or Izzo in their case, in Michigan State's case, run this lineup? Yeah, right. I think so. Sure. 
So my starting five for Michigan yes. is Trey Burke, uh, Nick Stauskas as an off guard, mm-hmm. we'll call it, and I put two wings as opposed to using a true four. So I just put Tim Hardaway Jr. Mm-hmm. and Karis LeVert. Yeah, so you got three twos there. <laughs> but they're reversible, yeah. And yeah. at center, Mo Wagner. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So that would probably be that's the all that would be the all decade team in, in quotes. And then the bench is Derek Walton Jr., Glenn Robinson, Ignis Brasdikas, Dakis, mm-hmm. Dakis, Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman, and Xavier Simpson. Yeah. So let's start here and then we'll get into who I left off. Alright. Um, yeah. the biggest problem for me was what I just said, the wing slash four yeah. spot and what to do with that. Because I talked to Dylan about this, mm-hmm. right? He did a all beeline era team. Sure. Which and, is the same thing. Basically. Right. Yeah, right. And had Glenn at the That's four. what I said originally. Yeah, too. That's what you said. My So here's my thinking on it. Karras, I feel like, is one of the five best players who played for John Beeline. And mm-hmm. it's different in, than in, like, a Mitch McGarry, who kind of, would he be a top five talent? Yeah, yep. maybe. But you saw it for two weeks. Right. Karras, I feel like, you know, man, he was a key player as a freshman out of nowhere, was a major piece of an elite Big player team, as a sophomore, yeah. And it's not his fault that his later years were robbed from him. And a lot of people forget that after he came back from his junior year, you know, he was on the Wooten... Yeah, all season well, or mid-season watch list. Like he was, he was, he led as a senior. He was leading Michigan in every statistical category before he got hurt. Right. So it's, I look at it two ways. Like Karras as a freshman was not as big of a player for them, uh, maybe as people might remember. Glenn Robinson started every game that mm-hmm. year. Obviously, was a huge factor. But Karras at his best at Michigan was better than Glenn Robinson ever was. Right. I think that's why. It's fair to say, because originally I was like, well, you know, Glenn Robinson was the best probably four, mm-hmm. I guess, starter, because Karras really didn't play that position. Right. Uh, he was a ball handler, and so was Stauskas. But, you know, had he stayed healthy, mm-hmm. um, he, I don't think I would have, we're out of bounds by saying he might have been an all, like, MVP of the league I think at he, one point. He was on his way to being an all-American. Yeah, in his career. And his NBA um, pro- career has proven that. Yeah, like he's maybe the most talented guy that... Of this whole thing, mm-hmm. I mean, probably not. Maybe he is yeah. like the most, the best pro right now, yep. right? I mean, there's yep. not any real debate there. So it, it's hard to leave him off, but I think it's fair to leave him on there because um, we saw him at his best for an extended period of time. When he yeah. was a sophomore, he was outstanding. Yeah, and then again before he got hurt in the last two years. But when he was a sophomore, he was it was him and Stouts. They were the two best players on the team yep. the whole way through. Yep. And here's the other thing with this. That if I was going to say, okay, true four guy, right? Yeah. I'm still not sure I would go with Glenn. Because you could make the Pierce case... Pierce is a better defender. You could make the case that if you wanted to say who was the best four to play for John Beeline, it might have been Iggy. I know he played one year, yeah, but he was the Big Ten freshman Scored of the year. Yeah. He was the leading scorer on a Sweet 16 team that won 30 <laughs> games. Probably a better defender. A better over lots of things. Yeah. The one thing with Glenn, though, that never got enough due, um, and Glenn he was, was a, a way better def- defensive player than he, he was ever a really got good defensive for, player. especially as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember the tournament, the times where he was having to check, you know, these 6'10". Who was that guy from Texas? Um, K. 
Cameron Ridley, who was like 350 mm. pounds, and he's trying to guard him, and he's switching with the other big dude down there, and I remember a lot of that. I think he was way better in some of the areas that he never got credit for, but the thing with Glenn everybody remembers is Glenn would have been, if he would have left after his freshman year, he might have been a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back, and everybody was like, okay, well, he's going to run off ball screens and be just the star of the team. And I never really had. I mean, he right. just can't handle the ball. So it never really happened. And his three-point shooting never really yeah. came around. Yeah, it was fine in college uh, cool when he game. had other guys getting him open, but it was never something where he was getting his own shot. I would definitely have him on the team, though. That's so, yeah. I, yeah, I think you're I think you're on it there with Karras. That's, I know you're, you're saying you're cheating, but... <laughs> I mean, this would be a pretty good lineup if they, no if they played it, for no sure. Doubt. I mean, they'd make it work, you know. Do you, Am I crazy for saying that if I if I had to pick a true four, I would go, I would strongly consider Iggy over Glenn? Uh, I, I don't think brevity should yeah, have a determining factor. Your body of work is your body of work. Um, I don't think that's insane. Uh, he had a very good season. He shot the hell out of the ball, like way better than anybody thought mm-hmm. he was going to shoot it. Um, he was a very good defender. He'd get his own shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't go through these peaks and valleys. Yeah, no, I think so. Like, put I, it this way. I think I'd probably have him higher than Glenn. Put it this way. Take Glenn... Because Glenn had stretches as a freshman where he didn't do anything. Take Glenn rough. off the 13 team and even off the yeah. 14 team. Yeah. I think those are still pretty damn good teams. You well, take replace Iggy, him with Brock Zikas, and it, it might have been a different story. Yeah. Or, or, and well, the, the point being, take Iggy off of last year's Michigan team. Oh sure, yeah, they're not. That's they're going to have real problems scoring at all. Yeah, at that point. Yeah. So, no, yeah, I think that's fair. I think he would be certainly probably higher on the, the old rotation here, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that the starting five. I mean, obviously Burke has got to be on there. Stauskas was a Big Ten player of the year, probably has to be on there. Um. Yeah, Hardaway, too, I suppose, uh, just because of all that he did over the course of three years. Even yeah, though there were some really rough stretches, there were some really, really good stretches, too. The dude was 1,500 career points. That's a lot. But he played a lot and played a lot right away and made a lot of shots. So I would the say the number that jumped there. out to me was 150 field goals and 485 points at yeah. least. He made a in lot all of three shots. years. And he was another guy who. Uh, Really struggled as a sophomore. He shot like 28%, mm-hmm. but still ended up, I mean, he was like a 14-point-a-game scorer as a sophomore. Still right. ended up as, with a nice season. And then as a junior, I think his game really expanded, and he was very, very good when on that Final Four team. He caught a lot of flack yeah, because he didn't quite explode. Like some of these guys, people just thought after the freshman year, he played right. so well, they think he's going to explode. And it was an incremental increase. But I always tell the story that I always remember – when he left to go pro and he got killed by all these fans, mm-hmm. I rem- I had, of all the guys that have left that were question marks, I had the least amount of doubt about Tim Hardaway. Like, I thought mm. there was no question in my mind that he was, A, going to make a team and stick, and B, probably going to be a first-round pick. I had no doubt because of the way he worked. And, I mean, he was a, I think it must have been his dad. I mean, because he, sure. above all the rest of these guys, was like, the pro on the team. I mean, he did all these things on his own, like took care of his body, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, he was a kid when he was a kid, of course. I mean, you're immature at times, but just because you're younger, but I mean, he really did handle himself like basketball was his job. Yeah. I, mean, I felt like I always got that sense from him all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. And it's shown in his pro career. I mean, yeah. just sticking around. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys play one, two, three years in the league. Yeah. Not a lot of guys get yeah. up to six, seven, eight, nine, you know, right. and that's where, that's his trajectory. So, um, my, so the bench, one more time, mm-hmm. 
was obviously Mo goes without saying at the yep. five spot. Um, <laughs> That's the easiest one. Yeah, and, and he Bruce. also like. I feel like for him and Muhammad Ali and, you know, it was tough to not have Novak on this, but, like, I feel yeah. like those kind of three guys, like, in a lot of ways sum up um, or exemplify kind of the, the beeline era. Because, yeah. like, what Mo did was, you know, he was, like, the final piece of right. beeline's dream, right, of the, yeah. you know, a five who can shoot and being able and to play really, that yeah. way. Um you know, Mo kind of completed. I feel like the picture in his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so the bench was again Derek Walton, Glenn Robinson, Igni- uh, Iggy, Muhammad, Xavier. Yeah. Um, and it was tough here because if you look at the guys that were left off, mm-hmm. so Novak, a you know, foundational piece of the program that you know who knows what Beeline's era ever is. I love how you put the thousand points in there because they made fun of him. They were like, <laughs> I think no one in the history of college basketball has played more games to get to a thousand points than Novak. I remember when <laughs> he got awesome. it too. Yeah, um, Duncan Robinson <laughs> is left off here. Um, Charles Matthews yeah. is not here. Uh, DJ Wilson is not here, and Mitch. Mitch, yeah, and Mitch is a hard one. Um, but, like, Mitch not being on this is kind of... That's his story. You, you know, know, it is. But I also, like... Uh, it's, I, But I don't know who you take away, right? Because it's, like, all these guys... That's the crazy... I, mean, I guess other than Derek... Or no. Yes, no, other than Derek... Every guy on here played in the Final Four. Other than Derek, right? Every guy on your top ten. Yes. Trey played in the Final Four. Stauskas played in the Final Four. Hardaway, yes. Karras, yes. Mo, yes. Glenn, Ignis, yeah, they all played in the Final Four except Derek. Right. And that's why I kind of look at it and say, like... And shit, Derek's career still started yeah, I mean, in the Sweet was, 16 and ended in the Elite Eight. Right. I mean, or the other way and around. I, I wouldn't take Derek off the list. He certainly should be on there. Right. But I'm saying with Mitch, it's like... They wouldn't have been in the Final Four, I yeah. don't think, without yeah. Mitch. But at the same time, Michigan wouldn't have been in the Final Four without Simpson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, <wouldn't, laughs> they certainly wouldn't have been in there without uh, right. Muhammad. Right. So it's like all these other guys. I guess Ignis would be the only one they didn't play in the yeah. Final Four. But um, but all these other guys, like you could say the same thing about them too. So it's hard because it's like Simpson is the hard one, I guess. Because, Simpson and Muhammad. I feel like some people would say, "Well, you know, I don't I, think Muhammad's I hard. I think he's he absolutely one of the I, ten best guys." For me, no doubt. No, for me, he was a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, I mean, in all him as a senior was a he was amazing. Yeah, as yeah, a senior, yeah, amazing. Like one of the low keyest, like like underrated. I mean, he was McQuaid, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was the same thing. I mean, they were the same guy, just just hitting yeah. these daggers, never turning the ball over, right? Constantly making plays, and like never missed a free throw. And you know, talk all about this like stuff, epitomizing like senior. You, you know? talk about a, epitomizing beeline, like. The dude who was recruited oh. just on a whim because they just needed another body, From, and the guy uh, goes and sets the all-time record for career games played in the program. Played 144 yeah. college basketball games after being, right. you know, basically a moder- mid-level, like mid-major. Maybe he gets like a Penn State offer God, type I guy. I don't even know if he was getting those. Yeah, Penn State was like at the yeah. end. Some some of the bigger schools were interested, but before that, it was like A10 and Patriot League. Didn't he sign like? Super late, yes, yeah. Like he was in the eleventh or something he was, like that. He was 100% in the 11th hour, yeah. Um, god, at Allentown, Allentown, uh, that's right? What it was. Because remember, because his high school coach <laughs> called Beeline, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Beeline, or no, so, no, sorry, not his high school coach. It was he's a, from Allentown, Beeline acted like he was from Philly, I yeah, exactly. All the time. 
Um, which is not the same thing. <laughs> it wasn't his high school coach. It was a guy who lived in Allentown who was a former D2 oh, yeah. college coach who Beeline knew. And he called him and just like, like yelled at awesome. him. It was like, yeah. you need to look at this film. And that's yeah. how he got him. So, um, yeah, of the guys who missed, when you look at those names, mm-hmm. uh, and feel free to add anybody, I just... I, I wanted to put five, just kind of go yep. with that five, five, five. So it's Novak, Duncan, Charles, DJ, Mitch. Is any of those guys stick out to you, or do you want to add? Mitch anyone does. To that? Uh, Jordan Morgan also does. Sure. I, I think that um, you want to talk about a situation where a, t- a season would have gone into the dump mm-hmm. uh, without him would have been fourteen. They wouldn't have made the Elite Eight without Jordan. Uh, he played the entire second half of that season, or all of the New Year rather, the sure. January through. If I can recall correctly, I guess you know John Horford was on that team too, right? Or yeah. transfer John was on the team still, but it did feel like at times Jordan was playing the five like alone, mm-hmm. like he was playing like there were games where he was playing thirty plus minutes, you know, running up and down the floor against some behemoth, mm-hmm. and and we know, and it's not a it's a thing that Beeline eventually got hammered home, I think, with people, but the amount of stuff they asked five to do in terms of at being an athlete and running and moving all over the place and just sure. exhausting yourself I always thought was at a pretty high level and Jordan morphed his game a lot too like people forget when Jordan was a fresh a redshirt freshman and when he played with, with Darius Morris it was a lot of those high ball screens Darius could see over the top everybody and Jordan was like a 12 point a game guy the year that they lost to Duke Sure. and then everything sort of started to change so I would say he's he's got to be probably considered as a who you missed, but the rest of these guys, the Mitch is the hardest one probably. Um, Novak too, but but also a Novak would I don't feel bad saying this because he would agree with me. Like there's nobody in the top ten that we're gonna sit here and say that like Novak was more yeah. skilled than these guys or whatever. I mean he was a super important player and a very underrated skilled athlete mm-hmm. who still doesn't even give himself enough credit. I don't think. I think he always played the role of. Him and, and Stu, Stu would be more willing to tell you that he was better than people thought he was. But Zach always played the role, played the persona of like, oh, I'm just this like slow white guy from right. Indiana, and it's right. like, I mean, I guess, but like he was pretty good, like he was pretty talented. He started for four years and played a ton of games, sure. and, and didn't by the end he wasn't starting on accident. I mean, he mm-hmm. was starting because he was good, and so he's a tough one too, probably to leave off there just because of what he. And and what he meant, you know, to the place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it would be captain, everything else. It'd be him, um, and then like the you know the next level guys. That's when you're getting into yeah. like a Zach Irvin, a J Mo, sure. um, and then like the early era guys that like you kind of feel bad. Two, yeah. You know, it's yeah, and Darius Morris, Darius Morris yeah, Sean Sims, one. you know, like yeah. guys like that, and Manny, and I mean, and guys yeah. that you know, Manny and Deshaun Sims got him the first tournament. I mean, that's something sure. that people. Probably don't remember much about. There's definitely a recency bias here, oh, no sure. doubt. But I think uh, didn't Chris didn't Bert he didn't write a story last year about the yeah he the, did uh, the first time Beeline made it in yeah he, he wrote about the yeah, selection like, show that people day, forget yeah. about that but yeah. like what a big deal that was mm-hmm. you know it'd been a decade Can you believe that Crazy. a decade <laughs> since they made a tournament ten years that's unbelievable ten years and it was Manny Harris and Deshaun Sims it was their team and Novak was Novak and Stu were freshmen but. They were dudes, man. I mean, they were they were really good players for sure. I mean, I think that you look at both those guys, Deshaun mm-hmm. Sims especially. Yeah. If Deshaun Sims had gotten to play in one of these, you know, powerhouses that Beeline eventually built, he would have been a mm-hmm. monster mm-hmm. on some of those teams with all the skills he had for sure. Manny too, and and probably some other guys on those teams too that were um, you know maybe ahead of where the whole thing ended up. No doubt. And, and looking at the current crop, um, you know. 
Xavier was the only real current player that, that kind of has an argument here. And when you start to like pull back and realize what this guy's career is going to look yeah. like, um, you know, it should probably be maybe talked about a little bit more. And obviously everything, it's November, no. and it will yeah. come in more into focus as it gets closer to senior day and all those things. But um, no, he's going to be up there in the record books in a lot of categories. We changed the, he changed the he helped him and Matthews mm-hmm. uh, helped change the program. Yeah, yeah. The whole um, disposition of yeah. the thing, which is a weird thing yeah. to have an impact. And on like if that. Xavier wasn't there today, and I don't know how the, we don't know how the Juwan Howard thing is going to go, but if right. Xavier Simpson wasn't there today to help with this, um, they probably have some problems uh, more than yeah. more than maybe they will as is. And I mean, I don't know what the number is, but Beeline talked about how Xavier was possibly going to leave the school as the all-time winningest player, mm-hmm. which was Morgan, I think, was the guy that ended up having that. Uh, and he was on pace for it last year. And that's not nothing in college no. basketball. No. A guy who started a ton of games, played a lot of games, and, and, and is a winner, right? And that's not nothing for sure. Yeah, and you know, guys like him and Teske and Isaiah Livers, uh, Eli Brooks, like, these are going to be guys who five years from now are going to be the ones who we talk about as having bridged the gap in the errors. Yeah. And, you know, how it goes, we'll see. But, you know, Xavier especially seems cognizant of that fact mm-hmm. of, like, I came in and there was an expectation in this program and I want to leave I with it to, kind yeah. of being yeah. still on that wavelength. Um that's, that's Xavier, an interesting deal. Xavier Simpson it will be remembered here as a very important guy. Yeah. Xavier Simpson will certainly be a guy, I, I would think, that if 15 years go by and he comes back one day and waves his hand, he would get a pretty healthy no doubt. ovation. And, and you can't say that about everybody, but I think Xavier is a guy that most people will remember fondly. I think some people get frustrated at times with his lack of shooting touch whatever, or whatever, right? right? But I think when people look back... Charles is that way. I always thought that about Tim Hardaway because mm-hmm. he always got lumped in as like, well, you know, why can't Tim just do this every game? Everyone and it's like, they're not. Yeah. Oh, Christ, he's 19. You know, that's why he can't do it every game. But like <laughs> when Tim comes back, when he, you know, mm-hmm. everybody cheers and remembers all the good stuff. And I think the same thing will be said when your good stuff is a national final yeah. and, and a run to the final four, you're going to get remembered for a long time if you were a starter on that team. And, and like you said, I mean, that says it all. Everybody on that list except for uh, except for Ignis and uh, Derek Walton, who was probably the best player Beeline had that didn't make the Final Four, yep. was on a Final Four team. So, pretty yeah. impressive. I mean, Derek, just based on the end of his senior year alone, would be on this thing. Yeah. But he also started... Derek you know, missed the Final everyone, Four by a shot as every, a freshman. Right, and, everyone forgets yeah. he started as a, on that freshman mm-hmm. te- team that went to... Or he started as a freshman on that team that went to the Elite Eight. Saved him, like reinvented himself. Yeah. You know, like a guy that uh, was sort of stuck in the mud... You know, it felt like that at last the end of his junior was, year into his senior year. Absolutely, that last year was incredible, mm-hmm. um, and they just couldn't miss. Yep, and it was always going to be like, man, you know, Walton and Irvin—they just they yeah. came in and never Derek, lived up to their billing, and then put it all together. Derek was in an impossible spot too because he he was the guy that was supposed to come in and replace Burke, mm-hmm. and he'd been recruited. Derek signed or committed, and God, he committed like. So early. He was one of these kids, him and Irvin, they committed before they even made the first Final Four. Right. So when Burke was taking off, it was like everyone knew, well, Derek, whenever he goes pro, it'll be Derek Walton's team. And, yeah. And Derek Walton, he put up these crazy numbers at, uh, was it Harper Woods, where he played for his dad. And he put up, and Derek averaged like a quadruple double in high school playing <laughs> against, you know, and they didn't play in the greatest league or whatever, but 
He put up crazy numbers yeah. and was such an athlete. I better, I think, a better athlete at that stage in his career than Trey was. Hmm. And so I think people just thought he's going to come in and just be this national player of the year, just like yeah. Trey was. And and it took him a little longer because he got Where'd hurt. Where did you say he went? Was it uh, Chandler, Chandler Park? Park? Chandler Park. Parker yeah. Woods is where it's from. Right? Oh, so, right, yeah. right, right. So, Chandler these, Park. these are things I still don't know. Yeah, um, <laughs> over in Detroit. But like, but yeah, played for his dad. And you remember this? Like his dad, like tailored the whole offense that yes. they were doing to yes. mimic beelines. Yes. And Derek, I mean, it, his stat lines were like, oh, Derek Walton last night had thirty-four points, twenty-six rebounds, fourteen assists, eight blocks, <laughs> and like seventeen steals or whatever. And you're like, all right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that there was a lot of anticipation for him. Same with Zach Irvin. Same with Glenn Robinson. These guys that committed. These guys were committed for like four years. Yeah. I felt like, and yeah. some of those guys sometimes. People, you know, built them up, and then they ended up being better or as good as maybe advertised in every instance. So, real quick before we get uh, onto Michigan State, and yeah. I'll ask the same question on Michigan State of the current roster. Yeah, current roster. Anyone that you would uh, that you could imagine being on the decade team that hopefully two other beat writers are talking about in ten years <laughs> <laughs> when we're uh, working at the gas station. Yeah. That's um, right. <laughs> on the current roster, other than Xavier, who's already on there. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think I could say that with confidence. Like, Livers... Yeah, it would have to be one... Would of already be somebody who... Yeah, I mean, he'd have to almost be, already be there, right? Right. Uh, if if Liver, kind of same thing. If Livers ends up being an all-league guy this year and yeah. comes back as a senior and is, like, you know, high level, awesome. he could yeah. be possible. Teskey, too. Um, yeah, and then all, one of the sophomores, you know, you wonder if maybe a guy like uh, Brandon Johns or ever puts it together and becomes mm-hmm. what, you know, people thought that he could be one day or... Uh, David DeJulius, maybe he's the next yeah, nice right. line of I mean, point we guards. Don't yet, we yeah. don't know. Um, but, yeah, that, that's Franz. interesting. Franz, there you go. You forget about the Franz. You never know. Right? You know? But it's a little Wait, tougher. did I just make up a nickname for him? The can Franz? He, can he be called the Franz? Instead of the hey! Franz. Oh, God. Kicking jukeboxes. Do you, what are the odds that Franz Wagner knows who Arthur Fonzarelli even is? Like, is there any chance that that's a thing? Well, I don't give a shit because his name is now the front. All right, let's slide over to Michigan State. All right. Long day at work, tough day at school, still stuck at the office? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of 15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BEAT. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code BEAT. Don't forget, that's promo code BEAT for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. So, uh, you talk, talk about success. It's just, uh, I don't Jesus, know, if, I, it's, it's, an embarrassment. Oh it's an embarrassment of riches in this state, really, when it comes to the So many guys, is. yeah. Um, All these Final Fours. We just went through the Michigan guys. I don't know if there will be anybody on this list that didn't make it, right? Well, maybe a couple, but yeah. Go yeah, just a, just a couple. But, um, yeah, he, uh, uh, Izzo from 2009-10 to 2018-19, mm-hmm. added three more Final Fours, four more Big Ten Championships, and went to the NCAA tournament every single year. Pretty good. And the tournament every single year remains to me <laughs> it's the, unbelievable. the stat of Tom Absolutely. Izzo's career. It's Absolutely. more than the championships. It's more than any of that. I don't think it's ma- is anybody. It's the longest in college basketball, right? There's no no else. no. Um, Who has a longer Kansas? Uh, one coach Gonzaga. Though. One coach. Uh, Mark Hughes is longer than Izzo's. One coach. It might be a program thing. 
Gonzaga's is longer than Michigan State. I think so. Or wow. it's up there. Really interesting. Um, well, either way, it's it's to me it's the stat. Yeah. yeah. To never hit a lull, to never have a down. I mean, they've had a, their bumps in the road, and you know, to be frank, they had a couple of years they really probably shouldn't have made it. Totally. And did make it, but they were still a bubble team. You well, know, that's that, part you of know, building, they were bottomed out. You know, that comes with building a program yeah. into something like that. That when yeah. it comes down to bubble time, you're going to get you got in, yeah, in because people know you. Right. It, but he, he didn't have the year where like Coach K had to. Had a dog shit team and decided his back hurt that year, so he wasn't going to coach. Like he didn't have that. He right. has never had anything like right. that. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like right. he he's made it, even when he's had teams that it didn't work out. You know, and everybody talks about how he's dragged some teams to the final four, but right. to me, it's always been the they never have a bad stretch, yep. and that is so impressive. It's, it's never celebrated enough. I, I don't know what Tom Izzo's most cherished. Thing is about you would know better than I, but I have to think that that his, is up there on the list. No, his favorite number yeah. of his career is the NCAA tournament. The streak, yeah. it's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Um, all right, so our starting five for the decade is Denzel Valentine, Gary Harris at the two, Miles mm-hmm. Bridges at the three, Draymond Green at the four, Jaron Jackson at the five. Yeah, pretty good. That is pretty damn good. Um, <laughs> pretty all good. guys. Um, not only, I mean, some of these guys are having major success in the NBA. All five are in the NBA. Yeah. Still. Um, <laughs> I mean, this Jesus. is like murderer's row stuff. I, yeah. I really, this is like the one that just kind of wrote itself when you're just like, well, this is obvious. And you have to like really start picking at it to come up with any argument mm-hmm. otherwise. Like, you know, the interesting one to me was Kalen Lucas. Oh, because the thing is, yeah, though, like weird career. his career was split yeah. by the decade mark, yeah. and his best two years were in the previous mm-hmm. decade, and then mm-hmm. he was still within the program for the first two years of this decade. Right? Mm-hmm. If you took the entirety of Kalen's or Kalen's career yeah. and counted it like in as one yeah. entity, I think you could make you would certainly make the argument that you would put him possibly above Gary Harris. Yes, he might not be as good of a player, uh, but in terms I, of what he did, just, he'd be ahead of Gary Harris. But the two the, years that Gary played yeah. in this decade were better than the two years that Kalen yes, played in yes. the decade. You know, and Lucas was a sophomore MVP. Yeah, yeah. but that was in again yeah. previous decade. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, certainly needs to be in the ten uh, for sure, no doubt. You know, and to, and certainly a guy I always remember is like the case in my mind of why are you coming back to school? But mm-hmm. I mean, that's. A separate conversation, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it didn't end well, right? Uh, in his final year, and I think that's probably why you know, folks. But he did. He was on the back end of that. They had those back-to-back final fours, and he was every bit, you know, the important part of that no nine-ten team that made that run. So certainly should be on there for sure. Yeah. Um, the only other one that I kind of actually could hem and haul on with the starting five was I gave Cassius. Real consideration for the yeah I would at too. point guard and it's because well you know, Valentine's career is weird because it's not remembered as well as all these numbers that you've laid out here you right. know like his senior year is ridiculous but they also lost to right. Middle Tennessee or whatever in the first round in maybe the best or the biggest upset in the history of the tournament mm-hmm. or right I guess other than the uh, at the time it was yeah I mean what it's time. all. You know, since then we've seen a sixteen. Depends on your vantage point, but it's it's up there. A ridiculous upset. Um, (laughs) You know, and and that gets and that clouds a lot of things. But his senior year was, uh, you know, Cassius hasn't had a year like that. He averaged nineteen 
and 19 points, 7.8 assists as a senior. He was the first player and in the Big Ten the shit out of the to lead both categories since yeah. 97. Yeah. Um, finished his career with over 1,600 points, ranking 11th in history at the program, fourth most threes in program history, third most assists in program history. He's the ninth all-time leading rebounder yeah. in Michigan State history. So, like, the entirety of his career, you say, yeah, you probably have to put him here. But, like, Cassius was the starting point guard on a team. He carried that team to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. And he's going to end his career possibly with 2,000 points from that 1,000 assists, which is just it's stupid. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't done it yet. Yeah. At the end of this year, you probably will be putting Cassius yeah. um, ahead of Denzel in terms of all-time career. You know, I would actually say, because we can just do this because we mm-hmm. don't care. Sure. I wouldn't be opposed to saying... Starting five of Cassius Winston, Denzel Valentine, Gary Harris, Draymond Green, Jaron Jackson, and Miles Bridges can be on the bench. Sure. I mean, Winston is. I mean, Winston came in with Bridges, and everyone remembers how athletic Miles Bridges was. But Cassius Winston can do things with the ball that Miles Bridges can't. And Cassius Winston's probably never going to be the pro that Miles Bridges. Or make the money, I guess. Maybe he'll be a pro. Maybe maybe he will be. I don't know. I mean, I've heard that a lot. Like, he's not going to be a pro and. I guess I'll probably have to believe that when I see it, but um, yeah, I don't think Miles Bridges could have carried a team last year the way Cassius did. Probably not. The thing you with know. Miles and I, I kind of give Jaron Jackson the same credit here is that like he was just a mutant. But and you, I mean, you can also say this about Denzel because like the, yeah. the one loss to Middle Tennessee should not. <clears throat> no, of course not. But that's why it clouds everybody. For and everything. like yeah. yeah, and with Miles and Jaron, it's the same thing. Like mm-hmm. the way that that season ended. Mm-hmm. Was just such a oh huge such a disappointment, dead yeah, right. halt, yeah. and you you forget how good yeah, when they were humming. that team yeah. was. Um, you know when they were beating Purdue when that three versus four game yeah. at Breslin, and yeah. clearly the best team in the Big Ten, and just you know Big Ten championship yeah. team, thirty win team. Um, Nobody could touch them for a long. They time. were awesome, yeah. and you know Miles had something that was I think was he the Big Ten Player of the Year that year. I don't know if he was. I don't remember. Um, I mean, he's but he was in the he was in the uh, conversation. I'm not sure he was actually the player of the year though. Uh, now I'm curious. So he that was would be a, like a 16 or a 17 and seven guy, basically 17 and eight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have no problem with him being on there. I would just say that if I was going to take somebody off and put Winston on it, it might be him or Jaron Jackson. But I mean, you have to have a center, I guess. Mm-hmm. Although Draymond Green could play center on this team. Oh, that was the Bates Diop year, which. Will still be a great, yeah, a right. great trivia question ten years from now. Who was the 2018 uh, Big Ten Player of the Year? Oh yeah, obviously it's Kata Bates Diop, which no one in a million freaking years will. Who took guess. sixty shots a game? <laughs> he was, it was awesome. really good. He yeah. was awesome. Um, all right, let's look at the bench here. What do you think about Jaron Jackson here? Before we, yeah, move I mean you got to have a center, I guess. Um, so he that'd be the one where I was like, maybe you take him off, but you know he's so unique, and they never obviously got the best out of him and I'm not sure you can do that in one year with a guy that good and there there always will be probably the you know the the I mean the cloud around Jared Jackson and that Izzo didn't didn't use him properly uh and you know I'm sure his counter would be he wasn't ready for me to use him properly or whatever else mm-hmm. but in terms of just pure talent yeah I mean, and you know a thousand percent on well, the top five and yeah. you want to know who will not say that he wasn't used properly at Michigan State probably Jared Jackson. Jackson yeah um, that's a fact. Yeah. And I've spoken to his dad about it. And mm-hmm. his dad will say the same thing too. 
Um, right. So whatever you know, we can say whatever we want. Sure. End of the day, that's how those. The Certainly actual one of the five feel. most talented for sure. Well, I mean, without a freaking doubt, maybe, that, maybe the most talented in yeah. like fifteen well, years when Jaron Jackson has made four hundred million dollars <laughs> in his NBA career. So it's Juan Howard money. <laughs> staggering. Um, just the level of talent that they have yeah. um, on that team, but especially just him because the thing about Jaron is, um, he is representative of the the modern era of basketball in um. In a, in a fascinating way, and mm-hmm. he will always be what he could have been as a college player. But he was also like seventeen or eighteen; he was, he was young. so young, yeah. still figuring his, his way out. But mm-hmm. you know, he made thirty-eight threes that year. Probably, if I mean, if he would have played as a sophomore, got Shoot, I mean, thirty-eight percent from the line right now. Yeah, in the NBA. <laughs> in the NBA, yeah. So um, Draymond is the no-brainer of no-brainers sure. here, um, obviously, but. And Draymond's interesting because, like, there are people that will tell you that they saw this coming. Yeah. And what a bunch of bullshit I call every time on this. And there are people that I know and like and everything else that will say this even to this day, and I will say bullshit to their face. Right. No one on the planet that covered Draymond Green saw this coming. I think everyone thought he would be a pro for a pretty long time. Right. Like, a guy that was going to find... It depended on the fit. Had to be a good fit. And I think everybody thought... Like like we just said with Hardaway. Like, sure. he is going to be a pro. He's going to be on a roster. He's too smart to not be on a roster. And maybe it was the thing people will argue, like... His game better translates to the NBA because he's such a smart player that he was so sure. far ahead of all the guys he played with in terms of his IQ for the game. Uh, and I understand that, but nobody saw this. Nobody saw this coming. NBA yeah. All Star? Are you no. shitting me? No. Like no chance. <laughs> but and like, I've gone back and forth on this too. Like I wondered what Draymond Green would be like if like he was drafted by like the Hawks or something like that. Totally. And I still think he would be a good NBA player. I still he's too smart. Yeah. Of a player to not be, I'm, you know, maybe not to this level, right, of success. But um, the, I feel like the best thing about Draymond, forget the NBA stuff, is like just. Like, the quintessential yeah. college career. Yeah. Played 11 minutes a game as a freshman. Built it up, yeah. And was a conference player of the year and an All-American as a senior, yeah. right? And, like, and not just not, so to, far not to sound like I'm, you know, an 80-year-old yeah. man, like, this is what college basketball should be. But really, like, that is kind of what college basketball should be. It's, and he was, that's awesome. Four he, years, massive development, and he got the payoff in the end yeah, with, he, with a pro career. And he didn't... He played on a team that was a one seed as a senior, mm-hmm. and I'm looking it up now. And, I mean, it's really not that stacked of a team. I mean, the team that he was a senior on, it was he was the most important thing um, in everything they did. He was, you want to talk about carrying it, and they ended up losing, I think, in the Sweet 16. So they didn't make it, but um, you know, they won 29 games, and he was... So far ahead of everyone else on the floor in mm-hmm. terms of what he was seeing, that is all true. I mean, people did see that. Yeah. The the the, the IQ that he played with, um, and that's probably what I remember the most. I mean, people can remember anything they want. Like the the time that uh, they played Michigan the second time, and he out rebounded Michigan by himself. Right. Uh, like that was a pretty crazy day. Yeah. Like it was yeah. Senior day maybe for Michigan State, but more than that, it was just his. Uh, I mean, he was literally a player coach. That was, right. you will not find a better example of it. And a guy who probably at times, I'm sure those coaches probably even say, like, there were times where he had, he had probably better ideas than they did in terms mm-hmm. of what to do. Very unique. I mean, maybe the most unique player, 
certainly the most unique player on either one of these lists. Well, and, and you want to um, even talk about you know that, sure. that what I said about you know being a quintessential college player, like that also go like <laughs> his embracing oh, yeah. of the rivalry and kind of just being all in it and like everything. You know, I'm the best thing you can say about Draymond is how much Michigan fans hate him. Yeah, you know. That's, yeah. that's the good stuff. That's fun. And, and another guy who, you know, I mean, he showed up pudgy and right. out of shape and weight was always a thing for him. And he worked his butt off to get himself, you know, in the condition he still does. I think he, I think I read the other day he owns a gym franchise now or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, maybe the most unique player on either of these teams that I can remember. I mean, I, I was only here for one Draymond Green right. season and it was his best. But, you know, I remember that. I remember him being just, like, this guy is doing things that we aren't even seeing. Sure. You know, on a level that is just off the charts and no one can really explain it. And maybe Izzo could tell you, I, I knew he'd be a great pro. Mm-hmm. And he might be the only one I would buy that from. But, like, mm-hmm. some of the people that cover the team, if anybody, anybody like, that were covering the teams back then wants to claim that, go for it. But I, <laughs> I, I don't believe you and will never believe you. I mean, that's that's a bit much. All right. Um... Let's look at the bench here. Yep. Uh, obviously highlighted by Cassius Winston, who's going to be an all-timer of all-timers <coughs> at uh, yep. at Michigan State. Um, Got Lucas on there. Kalen Lucas. A lot of point guards here. The, there's a lot of guards here. Um, and, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of debate on this. I probably went too heavy on the guards, but whatever. Um, the other three spots on the bench are Keith Appling, mm-hmm. Travis Trice, and the one that might draw the most uh, pushback is Bryn Forbes. See, I, yeah, I mean, like, Forbes, as a, his last year here was amazing. Because, again, it's like, uh, it's clouded by that upset loss mm-hmm. in Michigan, or Middle Tennessee, but he and Valentine just ran a rough shot on people in terms of shooting and, and everything else, and Forbes is still playing in the league right now. I mean, right, he's... I think still on the team. Oh, yeah, he's had really a well, right? big you know, time legit yeah. career in San like Antonio. A real, like a real player. So, I mean, you know, um, I, yeah, I, I mean, think he's fine on there. Appling and Trice are the ones that I sometimes, because Appling, I, I I never, I don't know, I didn't cover the team close every day. Right. And everyone everyone will tell you, like, the, his senior year, before he got hurt, he was this awesome. Right. And maybe that's true, and maybe that hurt him, but I don't think I ever saw... The Keith Appling that we saw score like sixty in the state title game at was it Pershing or whatever it was. Right. Well, so, but I don't know who you put. Yeah. Like here, here's here's my here's my thing with Appling was, and Trice. It's kind of the the entirety yeah. of their careers and you know multiple contributions, multiple years. Appling, top ten all time at Michigan a lot. State in games For played. Sure. Mm-hmm. Steals, assists, and his eight and eighteenth all-time leading score at fifteen hundred, just over fifteen hundred points. He was a three-year starter on teams that won twenty-nine, twenty-seven, and twenty-nine games. Um, Pretty damn good. And then with Trice, you know, he was a each region most outstanding player on the team that reached the Final Four, and then uh, led Michigan State in scoring. uh, I guess as a senior, was that Trice did a lot more with a lot less. Yeah. Than Keith Appling, I will say that he was not the athlete that I just Appling was. I, I couldn't. It was one of those I couldn't pick between one or the other, so I went with both. Yeah, and that's fair because like the guys you have on the who you missed, I'm not sure who I would take. Yeah, so let's get into that. So who we missed here? 
Um, I feel like Payne would be the Payne one. will probably be the one that people argue with the yeah. most. Um, but Adrian Payne, Brandon Dawson, mm. Derek Nix, Matt Costello, and Darrell Summers. Dawson is like probably the guy that still gives us the most nightmares yeah. because he was a very good player for them. But what an athlete. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we ever saw maybe what uh, he probably should have been. Right. And he's also the guy that should have been playing football. He was playing the wrong sport. I'm going to say that until I die. Brandon Dawson should not have been playing basketball. Are you kidding me? Where are you putting him at? Any defensive end, tight end, whatever. And he's a he's he's got he's got a seventy million dollar contract right now. <laughs> guy is six 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 seven, long, uh, lean. He was like he looked like a twenty eight year old man when he mm-hmm. was a senior in high school. Explosive as all hell. This guy would have been. A monster football player, monster football player, and he just didn't have the maybe the touch. Yeah, as a basketball player, but you know, but to be fair, I mean, there's a lot he could do. Sure, you know? sure. Payne was the tough one for me. Two time, yeah, uh, all Big Ten second team, um, twelve hundred career points, seven hundred career rebounds. Um, there's a lot there, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just yeah, Payne was maybe, like maybe, it's, maybe I'm a Payne's another one of these guys who like started slow and then eventually by the end it was uh, he was so good and I remember the in the tournament the one year he had like forty against somebody mm-hmm. and he added the shot to his game um, but I don't know there was always something about him that left me wanting like I I, I don't know maybe this isn't fair but I was always kind of like. He should be better than this. I, I don't know, I, but that's not right to say. But like, because he was very good. But, but I frankly, just, I feel like that's might be what. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. If deep that's down, was holding me back from getting there. Of like, when I would see them play, I'd be like, well, Jesus Christ, why isn't this guy? Why is this guy just murdering everyone? You know, and, right, and right. that's and Dawson and Appling. I think that whole team. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that was that 13-14. You know, they both went to the Elite Eight. Okay. Yeah. Michigan and Michigan State both went. Yeah, that was. Uh, 14. Yeah, 14. 14. And Michigan beat them twice, and then they mm-hmm. beat them in the Big Ten tournament final. Mm-hmm. And everyone will paint that year for Michigan State. It's, well, they had these injuries. And they did. But they were healthy, I believe, when the tournament started. And I, for the life of me, will never understand how they lost to Shabazz Napier in, in the... Yeah. Uh, I just don't get it. Yeah. I mean, they were the best team in the country that year. That should have been... Hold your hold your belt here. That should have been Michigan, Michigan State in the final in the championship yeah. game. Those were the two, in my for my money that year. Those teams were probably the two best teams in America. If we look back on it, Kentucky was probably the most talented, right? Um, but they flashed it in a pan there briefly, and then Connecticut. I what what <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, come on, like what the hell was that? So I don't know, but yeah, I mean they certainly a fringe guy on that list. And if somebody wants to put him on there, I wouldn't fight him about it. It's fair. Um, put the other four probably. Yeah, I mean I, I wouldn't put Dawson on there, but that's fair on the and the who we missed. Derek Nix was a uh, Joe Rexroad nominee. Okay. I, I needed a fifth guy on the who we missed, and I gave him all the names, and I said pick one more that you would make an argument for, and Rexroad went with Derek Nix. Uh, um, I can't think of one off the top of my head that I would put over Derek Nix. Uh. But I don't. I don't know. I, he, I certainly wouldn't put him on the top ten. I mean, if he wants to be on the on the, on the fringe there, 
that's fine. I'm trying to think just quickly off the top here, like who else would it be? But um, I don't know. Maybe he meant I, more to it than I realized because I wasn't covering that team closely. That, and that, I mean, that you know? is the hard part in all this is that you know, I've only covered the team for the last couple of years in yeah. terms of doing things um, closely and spent seven years on Michigan. And I mean, I would almost say like Matt McQuaid would be somebody I would probably put I over thought about Derek that. Nix. I did I, think I, about I, that. Uh, McQuaid was so important last year uh, for that Final Four run uh, and for the whole season and mm-hmm. saving their season and keeping them afloat and keeping them going. And and Nick's played a lot of minutes, but, I mean, I, I don't want to downgrade the guy, but, I mean, he was a back-to-the-basket rim runner and, mm-hmm. you know, was hard to move and got himself in shape and, and was, you know, a, a serious threat as a senior and everything else and played on the one-seat team. But I would probably put uh, I would probably put McQuaid on there, senior McQuaid. Nick Ward, 1,000-point career score. Yes. <laughs> Where do you put him? Wait, not just 1,000-point career score. 1,300 career points. What, he scored 1,300 career points in seven minutes? <laughs> the guy never played and was like a 15-point-a-game scorer all the time. Where do you put... If you're this, starting an island of weird, like, what happened with these guys? Yeah. And how did this even... Nick Ward might have the weirdest college career. People will look at his numbers. Anyone ever. People will look at his numbers in 25 years and be like, what the what hell was going this? on? <laughs> his his per 40-minute numbers, 26 points a game, 13 rebounds. <sighs> or per 40. Oh, yeah. He was everything Derek Nix was, plus 10. Yeah. They were both rim runners who, you know, win in shape and everything were... were were a load to handle for right. sure, but Ward, my God, when he really had it going, couldn't. Def- Nix was certainly a better defender than Nick Ward, by a lot, and a better rebounder and everything else. That was probably right. his undoing, right? But what a strange career. Very strange. What a strange career. <laughs> I don't know. Very weird. All but right. I, yeah, McQuaid is the guy I probably have an argument with, but other than that, so let's get to the the final question. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same one as. Guys on the current team. Okay, of the current team, when we're 10 years removed from today, uh, who could you imagine being on next year's, or on the next All-Decade team? Mm-hmm. I think there's some interesting well, candidates here. Well, we have Cassius already on there. Um, Aaron he, Henry is someone I think that if he has the type of year that people think he can have, because I think if Aaron Henry has the type of year people think he can have, he's a lottery pick, I mm-hmm. think he could be on there. Um, Tillman, yeah, how could I forget? Tillman, your boy, man, <laughs> in your perfect world, yeah, you're, Tillman, in your perfect shit, world, you're what am I talking about? Till I put Tillman on there over McQuaid, <laughs> and, and my like fringe guy, and my fringe list, uh, not the Don Gray McQuaid, but yeah, Tillman, I forgot all about him, hundred percent. He would, he should be on the uh, Tillman should who be on the missed? fringe who we missed list. What? Yes, in terms of importance to a team that made a run. Yeah. Over I mean, Derek Nix. It was basically like the last six weeks of last year. Would be Whatever. He was awesome. <laughs> he was he was and remains the best five like in the country in terms of defending all five spots on any switch. Uh, he He's the most versatile defensive player in America. Is he not? Am I wrong? He's certainly up there. I mean, for making an all-decade team based on... I don't his, know. I mean, he uh, had a pretty good year. In the they, conversation, that right? team goes absolutely nowhere if, if they don't pivot to him. We just got done talking about Nick Ward. Right. Nick Ward didn't get didn't get hurt. Yeah. What would have happened? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We wouldn't be talking about some of this stuff. So, I don't know. I think uh, Xavier Tillman's got to be 
six on there on the on the who you missed. So we'll see, Tillman for we'll sure. We'll see would, if they get I'd two be, more. We'll see if they get another year out of Tillman. To your answer to the question, though, yeah, that's if if they the put on there. if they get another year out of Tillman, I would certainly imagine the same thing going with Aaron Henry. Mm-hmm. You can get possibly three or two more years out of him. I'd be surprised, but yeah, um, the one that I had would have circled here Brown. would be Mark. Rocket Watts, I could imagine. Big Rocket Watts guy. Quite the productive career. Dude is going to score. If he doesn't put his O in the grave before it's all over. Yes. Um, He's going to score a lot of points, though. You're right. You know, I don't know how long or what his career is going to look like, but. He's a guy. He he has the talent to certainly be a guy in 10 years who has left a mark. I watched him. What was it? I guess it was a Seton Hall game. Yeah. Which was a great game, and I I just watched him for like five minutes, and I was like, this when this guy gets it, it's gonna get, he's gonna be really really he's, good, a lot of fun to watch. And he's probably gonna drive Izzo completely batshit crazy, because <laughs> you can just see it right and how he plays, you know, because he just doesn't care. Yeah, well, he you just watch the doesn't last care. Game? I didn't watch the last oh, game. Oh no. baby, I but mean, you can it, see his confidence and just. Wow, yeah, he's going to be good. He gets the ball, and it's time for buckets. It's and time to go, yeah. And the right. thing is, he can really pass it. Yeah. Like, so when yes, he, when he wants to find uh, the kind of balancing act between his skills, holy shit. I feel like I mean, a sophomore Rocket Watts would be a pretty good basketball yeah, And player. he's going to be a really good. son of a bitch. Too. Yeah, right. Because he's <laughs> tougher than hell. He yeah. suffers no fools. Yep. Um, he will. He will gladly, I think, get into some epic one-on-ones. I think so. In... in you know, when it counts the most, he's going to make some big shots. He's going to probably make some big mistakes, too. But yes. It's, yeah. uh, it's Might gonna, lose him a few games. It's going to be fun to watch. Win him more. I can yeah. tell you that much. For sure. Um, beyond that, whew, I don't know. Maybe you get three good, a couple of good years out of a Joey Hauser. We'll see. Yeah, I, don't I, I don't know. Too early but, on that. Um, yeah. No, uh, what about uh, Willie Hall well Hall on his guy. way? Yeah, right. He's on Willie Hall well on his way. He's coming out of nowhere, dropping seventeen in the second half. Uh, Gabe Brown is a is a guy who uh, doesn't ever get out of this. Michigan State's so good right now. I mean, for in terms of talent, I mean, we don't. Even, I mean, is Marcus Bingham even playing? Uh, not and, and this guy is just like in terms of what he could be, possibly right, mm-hmm. just off the charts. So, yeah, it might be a while before they lose again. In, in a perfect world, uh, Marcus Bingham would have redshirted last year or this year and just been working out and learning yeah, yeah, how yeah. to play basketball. Yeah. Um, but maybe the light will come on at some point. Maybe everything will fall together. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the fact that we are able to list all these guys tells you how good this team yep, is right now. very good, for sure. Um, all just right. Keep on going. What uh any for, any parting thoughts here? I, I don't I don't know. Uh, Who you got in this game? Who you got winning this? What game? The All Decade Team game. Oh, that games. is a great question. That would be a game. I would. Yeah. Let's get this together. <laughs> Let's make this happen. Um, all right. So in your not only who do you got winning the game, but I mean, I, I really do think you'd be hard pressed to find many other programs that would be able to put together. Ten guys, yeah, like this, that meant all, that that were so that were not just great players, but fit what their what their respective program was trying right. to do. Right. I mean, I'd probably pick Michigan State to win this based on yeah, talent. They've got too. more guys that are you know, NBA players and everything else, but I, you know, it would be a great. I mean, it would be a, a lot of fun, and that's the thing I probably take away the most is that you know this is kind of cool that it works out this way as mm-hmm. this era is sort of over as Beeline's left, um, but. You're just not going to find two better. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, and something else we did. You're not going to find 
two programs that went at it like this. Like that rivalry show that you were on yeah, uh, yeah. for Fox. Yeah. The whole thing should have just been basketball. I mean, I don't know if you've worked, have you watched it? I've watched it, yeah. I mean, they did a nice job, but like the basketball thing is so much more interesting than the mm. football thing. Mm. The football thing was like, fine, it's whatever, it's got to be talked about. But like the basketball, the Izzo Beeline thing is so interesting. Yeah. It was so good and it was so fun to cover. It was truly fun to cover. Like, I don't say that about a lot of things yeah. that are very enjoyable. Those were always very enjoyable games. A lot of fun to watch. Every time you were going to go watch a Michigan-Michigan State game and the 25 times they played, you knew it was going to be a really, really fun game. Very and, rarely did it disappoint. And it was just like the story elements to it and yeah. the characters on the court and all that stuff. I mean, it just had everything you could possibly yeah. want. Um, it was fun. It was, it, was a, it, was, it was a good time. I'm not sure people appreciated it at first, but I think by the end, and that's maybe the cool thing, I do think by the end everyone appreciated it. Yeah. I think most... Like last year at the... You know, we were both there for both times they met in the Big Ten tournament in New York and in Chicago. Fucking awesome! And I've never been in—I've never been at a college basketball game ever that was that would top either of those two yeah. in terms of environment. Never in my life, and yeah. I probably never will again. Uh, Madison Square actually, Garden, twenty-two thousand, twenty mm-hmm. at the United Center, split down the middle, mm-hmm. everyone going nuts. Great teams, like outstanding stuff. Yeah, the fact that that the one in MSG wasn't the conference championship game was like yeah, it was the semis. It was, <laughs> Totally and it was like bizarre. midday. Somebody played after that too. Like the arena emptied out, and it was just like it was like middle of the day was awesome. on a nice day on a Saturday or whatever in the spring. It was amazing. It was like one of the coolest environments ever. I think it was a noon games. tip. Does that sound right? Yeah, it was like early afternoon. And I remember it was like yeah, we we were at the bar by twenty. We, we made it in time. Twenty minutes before tip, like there was already a buzz in the building. Yeah, yeah, it you was know? loaded in there, and they were like going through warm ups, eyeballing each other, and just like, oh shit, like it is all Chicago too, because <laughs> it was for the whole thing. Yeah, and it was the whole shebang, and it was loaded full. I mean, everybody. It was part three. I mean, there were two of the best teams in the country, and it was, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was some great stuff. Absolutely. Um, well, I love it. How would uh, I? I gotta tell you, the. Uh, the close-ups in that documentary. Jesus. Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't it's in it. a little bit I much. saw that and I was like, thank God. Because were... I would have been like, can you just use my voice? I mean, <laughs> really intense. I sent you, they were really up there on some of them. Like, Izzo had a couple that was just like, do you guys want to get a little like, closer to like his wrinkles yeah, on his like, forehead or whatever? Maybe, just like, maybe t- you know, as a, as a courtesy, maybe tell a guy that you're to clip, <laughs> clip the nose hairs before you, you're coming in that tight. Shit. They did a good job with it, though. Oh, well, well, thank good. you, buddy. That Appreciate it. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it. This was fun. Um, you have a football one on, on this? Uh, uh, Austin and I are doing uh, the Michigan one. Okay. And uh, Chris and uh, Colt, Chris Vanini and Colton are doing the Michigan State one. Awesome. Well, so we'll have those as well um, right around the same time this year. Everyone should uh, be sure to check those out on uh, both Green and White Noise and Run Past Michigan, mm-hmm. all available on the Athletic Podcast Network. Um this was free. This was free, yes. If you <laughs> this have enjoyed this and are not an athletic subscriber... If you want more. Do yourself a, uh, a favor. It's the holiday season, mm-hmm. almost. Yep. Get yourself a subscription. Get your... Uh, if you got a gift... This is airing during feast this week, This is right? it, man. Yeah. This, is, this is the easiest Christmas present out there. Yes, it is. Subscription to the Athletics. So, um, do that. Tell your friends to subscribe. And uh, we appreciate everyone listening. And Nick, be sure to tip your bartenders and servers. I seen hot towns all my day.